The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with just one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and our podcasts. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb there is nothing like the drum beats of a wednesday night to let you know that it is time for the nascar gambling podcast he is cody zeeb i am rod via gomez welcome to the sports gambling podcast network cody Man, I I love Wednesday nights. That drum beat just gets me right in the mood. I, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm ready to talk some racing. I'm pumped up, man. That intro gets me fired up, gets the juices flowing, makes me ready to punch someone like Ty Gibbs. <laughs> Holy cow. We'll get there. We'll get there. There was an exciting <laughs> weekend of racing, like from start to finish. I mean, look, there's very few times, I think, in life where you can say that all three races of this NASCAR weekend – basically just gave you something to talk about each each step of the way so um yes even my computer wanted to get involved in that uh but yeah i mean it's just it felt it felt like there was something to talk about in every series uh of course not the least of which is what happened on sunday but saturday was fun but let's go to friday night let's kick right into this as we recap the weekend that was racing because obviously we want to talk about it so um Truck race starts off the weekend, and a couple of Cup Series regulars take the, the track. Uh, obviously, Kyle Busch was one of them, and that was one of the ones that we all assumed was going to dominate the race. But William Byron snuck in there, uh, outlasted a, a restart, and won. Cody, what were your takeaways from the truck race? I, I thought Kyle Busch was extremely surprising. I, I really thought he was just going to come out and dominate the race and win, running away, and he wasn't really in the mix hardly at all i mean uh, i missed the first part of the race but but when i turned it on i'm just like well, what's going on he wasn't up there and yeah i mean byron looked really good and i think having those laps obviously worked out pretty well for him later on in the weekend because he got that experience and 
yeah, I mean, he just he owned the place. It, it was his race, and and he ran away with it. Yeah, and again, the truck race really did come down to that last restart where uh, Byron got off clean and and pretty much took it from there. Uh, and and Kyle had a shot. I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't without you know completely without a shot, but he just got shuffled back and and you know there was a lot of pushing and shoving as trucks normally do. Uh, and William Byron was able to stay out of the the mess and and cross the finish line for the win. But you're right, there was some valuable information that he picked up there on on how to run the track. Not necessarily, obviously, in the Cup car, but just in general. So uh, good for William Byron to to take that truck into victory lane. But let's move on to the Xfinity race because that, my friends, is where the fireworks actually happened. And we talked about it going in, Cody. We talked about short tempers. We talked about close racing. We talked about how, you know, Martinsville is, is notorious for that kind of stuff. Um, but it played out in the Xfinity race, and Ty Gibbs was involved uh, at the end there. with uh, and, he, and look, there was a lot of factors that went into it. But in the end, he ended up getting into a fist fight uh, with his helmet on on national television and and i don't know i i've seen a lot of fights cody but that was one that i think i'm going to remember for a while yeah it was exciting that's uh that's no joke i mean there's a lot that goes into what all happened there and why i think different guys were frustrated and this goes back for years i mean these guys have come up together they've been racing against each other race in and race out this is not the first time they've had a run in so it's not like a one-off thing where something just happened and they got into it. Uh, they've they've been beating and banging with each other for a long time, going back and forth down in the Arca series and all that. So the, they know each other well and they've dealt with each other before. And short tracks, Martinsville brings out the tempers, brings out. I mean, at the end there, they were going for a hundred thousand dollars, and neither one of them got it. So I could see why you'd be upset. <laughs> I mean, when you if you cost me a hundred grand, I'm I'm definitely gonna. But here's the thing too, and and the argument is made, and it's valid, and it's absolutely one hundred percent. You can see it play out. Gibbs did the same thing last week to his teammate, no less. Gave a little tap, moved him out of the way, got underneath, and won the race. This week, got underneath. You know, the driver got underneath him, tapped him a little bit, moved him out, and and he cost him the race. So, eh, I mean, look, if you're gonna get mad. If you're going to say one week, well, that's just racing. I, I hope he's not mad at me. And come back the next week, have it done to you, and go after him. Uh, uh, you got, you're going to have a very short career if you keep doing that. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he can give it, but he can't take it. I mean, I, I get both sides of it. But, yeah, I mean, he did the same thing just the week before, not even that long ago, <laughs> and to his teammate to win the race. So, I mean, you know, Mayor's trying to win the hundred thousand, so of course he's going to try and bump him out of the way. And actually, watching the replay, I don't know that that was all Mayor's fault. Really, the ten car was in there with them. They got into a breaking match, and it just bumped everyone up the track. And I think that now he might have been a little pissed off about the restart before when the one car took out three quarters of the field because that was rather interesting. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, if you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it back, man. I mean, come on. But at the same time, I mean, whatever. They're but they're a couple nineteen-year-old kids. They're in the heat of the moment. Love to see the passion. I mean, that's the best part about it. Like these guys care, and like a guy like Gibbs, you know. And I hate the narrative of oh, he's just a spoiled kid. His grandpa owns the team. He's. But if you look at all these guys, I mean, that's what racing was built on. Like 
Richard Petty, guess what his dad did? He, he was a NASCAR driver. Dale Earnhardt Sr., guess what his dad did? He was a NASCAR driver. Like, the sport's been built that way. Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, a lot of these guys. And Sam Mayer, it's not like he doesn't come from some type of money as well. You have to have money to get started on the sport. So I, I don't see Ty Gibbs as just some spoiled rich kid out there. You know, he's showing, he's proven his talent. He's shown us that he can race hard, that he can race good. He's obviously throwing all of himself in there. So I love seeing the passion from these guys. I think we're going to be seeing these guys race against each other for a long time going forward, and I think it's going to be exciting. It'll be interesting to see. Mayer has already said that he's over it and he's not going to let it affect anything. But, yeah, you could say that now, but put him behind the wheel of a race car after 200 laps and, you know, some beating and banging, something happens, and and we'll see if he changes his mind then. But, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too, is is that I don't know what this does to either driver over the course of the season. Obviously, I mean, I get road rage just by driving in my traverse. You know, that's right, yeah. I can only imagine getting out on the on the track with the guy that, that dumped you the week before. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that wreck that happened a couple of laps back, it's funny because we joked around a little bit, and I was saying that the, the race was actually going to end the way Talladega Nights ended where uh, Ricky Bobby and... <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bru or what's his face end up racing each other on foot on the track. That, that's almost how it felt like it was going to end. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. We had the big one at Martinsville. <laughs> you don't see that often. That was mm -hmm. uh, that was a pretty incredible wreck for a small track like that. And seeing how many cars got collected, and then it was just like a big parking lot where cars were facing different directions, and everybody was stopped. Yeah, that, pretty, pretty was, crazy, I, intense I, finish for I'd sure. I've never seen it like that at Martinsville ever. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then we move over to the uh, to the cup race where I think I don't know. Part of me thought maybe some of the fireworks from the night before were going to carry over. But we got treated to not necessarily an exciting race. I don't want to I don't want to call it super exciting, but there was a lot of cerebral stuff going on in that race. A lot of laps led a lot of tame chess play. I don't know that I've seen as much just people content to stay where they're at especially this season so far as i did last week and again as the stages started to end and of course as the race started to end things got a little chippy but it felt like over the course of the beginning of the race they just wanted to figure out what they had and obviously we knew that a lot of folks had a lot of good stuff we saw william byron in the lead um you know we saw the leaders just sort of take off and 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 not look back necessarily so um, what were your takeaways from uh, last week at Martinsville? So, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of people saying, oh, such a bad race, such a horrible race. The Jeff Gluck, was this a good race poll, was like the third worst race ever or whatever. And I just, I understand it wasn't super exciting. There wasn't a bunch of passes for the lead. But I think if you're actually watching the race and paying attention, and also I think gambling helps a lot because – it makes you pay attention to the rest of the race too. But it's not like they just lined up and followed the leader and somebody had an eight-second lead. Like, yes, we didn't see a bunch of passes for the lead and stuff. There was constant action. Action. Denny Hamlin, who won the week before, went two laps down via no problems or penalties or anything. He just got passed that much. There was constantly passes going on throughout the field. Cars were moving up, moving back. You saw strategy. It makes pit stops that much more important. That's probably what cost Chase Elliott the race. He came out second, and then he was just screwed. He couldn't hold it up there like he did before. So, 
yes, it wasn't the most exciting race. There wasn't a bunch of, you know, there was, I mean, after coming off the <laughs> night before where there's a fist fight. Yeah, of course it's not going to be that exciting, but I still think there was plenty going on through the field. And, and I mean, if you're in the Slack channel, we're just rooting for Keselowski to catch back up to Briscoe to cover our head to head there. So, I mean, to me, that adds an extra layer of being able to pay attention to the whole race. But yes, I just, I don't understand still, like, what else were you going to be doing on a Saturday night? We got to sit down. We got to watch the best there is go at it. Yes, it wasn't the most exciting, but we got a late race caution. And if Joey Logano would have been able to get there and move William Byron for that, don't you think that pole flips? It's 100% the other way where, oh, such a great race, such an amazing race because of one pass at the end of the race because it was a great finish where this one was a quote-unquote lackluster finish. So I, I've been irritated by hearing people say, oh, such a bad race. Like, yes, again, not the most exciting race, but if you're paying attention to everything that's going on within the race and all the battles on the track and all the different storylines, I think that there was plenty going on throughout the race to still make it a good race. That's why we tell you, spread those bets out. Don't just bet the winners. Bet head-to-heads, bet top finishes, bet top manufacturers. Just put some stuff out there so you're watching the race with a, a more keen eye than just who's in the lead and who's going to win because it just makes it more exciting. You had a race where four drivers led a lap, and William Byron led 212 of them. Uh, 185 went to his buddy Chase Elliott, uh, which is nice to see Rick Hendrick go back home with another grandfather clock. I mean, not, you know, it's William Byron's first, too. So that was pretty fun to watch yeah, as well. well. And he got two in one weekend. Two even. in one weekend <laughs> from the truck. Yeah, from the truck and the. Yeah, from the truck and the and the cup race. Yeah. And it was a great story, too, with his a, about a year ago when they came to Martinsville was when his mom was diagnosed with a, an illness and, and things weren't looking very good. And then a year later for her to be back at the track, a clean bill of health be able to celebrate in victory lane with them just a great story all around it certainly was uh all right let's recap the bets from last week uh we had some good ones actually uh unfortunately my winner my winning streak in the xfinity series was broken uh, because gragson was caught up uh in just some in the garbage <laughs> in some garbage man he was and he was poised. He was there. He was, oh, he was sitting so good. He was right up in there. I have a feeling that if if he would have not been caught up in it, he actually would have uh, been able to win that race. He had the speed. He just really got caught up in that bad luck. So uh, Gragson did not win. Uh, but Barry over Almondinger for you, Cody. How'd that work out? Uh, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> Barry just, man, Almondinger was, for one, better than... I thought he was going to be based on his track history there. I, I was very impressed. He was up there running up front all night. So, and Barry just, I don't know. He kept getting shuffled to the back and then <laughs> Dale jr. And him actually kind of bumped at one point. And it's funny because jr. Owns the car and, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't quite work out. Dinger finished third and Josh Barry was back in 14th. So just not, not what I was expecting from those guys, but can't win them all, I guess. Disappointed that uh, Dale Jr. got caught up in in some incidences too uh, on the track and couldn't necessarily finish his that race. Uh, watching Jr. race again was interesting, but I don't know. As a forty year old man, I don't know that I could sit in that car <laughs> anymore. Yeah, well, these guys I, do it. It is great to see him come out and do it once a year. I mean, obviously, and I don't think he comes out really expecting to win or really compete. But yeah, if you look at it, I mean, he's a forty year old man against these 19-year-old guys who are doing it 
day in and day out. I mean, they're constantly on the simulators nonstop and they're racing all the time and all this stuff. And he's just jumping in the car once a year and running a couple of qualifying laps and some practice laps and best he can. But yeah, I mean, he made it through, through that big accident I, that really saved his day at the end. And I, I think he was able to come home in, uh, in like 11th. So, so not bad. Yeah. Not too terrible. I mean, it, he'll take it. I'm sure it's something. Uh, all right. My next pick was Ryan Blaney as the top Ford. And unfortunately that did not happen because that went to one Joey Logano and Joey Logano was fighting for the lead in the end too. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately the Ryan Blaney's corner did not pull through and Blaney didn't have uh, that bad of a day. Um, he looked okay for most of it. He ended up finishing in fourth, but again, the powerhouses that were, William Byron and Chase Elliott dominated the day, and a guy like Ryan Blaney salvaged a fourth-place finish. He did lead five laps. He was one of the lap leaders, Um, so I guess you could take that away from it, but Logano had had more long-run speed, I suppose, is what it really ended up being because at the end of it, Logano put himself in a position where he pulled away with William Byron, and unfortunately, Blaney could not catch back up. Yeah, I mean... I don't think we were off on picking him. He still looked good, and he was up there towards the front. Again, there wasn't a lot of passing up front. But even still, him and Logano, it seemed like they were able to kind of work together to kind of to, to navigate through the traffic. It seemed like they kind of got put back a little bit at one point and then just slowly picked guys off together, being able to work around them. So they still looked strong. And like you said, he led a few laps. I think that was while they were cycling green flag pit stops. But, but he was up there, I mean, in a fourth-place finish. He's there at the end, you know, one extra restart easily could have, or even Logano is able to get on Byron's bumper there. That could open up the door and we could have had a totally different result. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't think we were that far off on Blaney. And there's no bets for second best Ford. So, unfortunately, that that didn't pan out. But uh, your next bet hit, as a matter of fact. You chose Eric Amarola to finish over Austin Sendrick. And for a while, Cody... This one was even a little bit sketchy and may not have yeah. panned out. See, this is one of those bets that kept the race interesting for me. I was sweating it out a little because it was not looking too great. Uh, Cindric performed a lot better than I thought he would just based on how he's been running this season. It's not really been that great. He's He's been okay, but nothing special. Almarola is really good at the short, flat tracks, and I've just kind of been riding that the last few years. And he he put on a good performance again, finishing eighth. Cindric was 11th, so they were close. But, uh, yeah, that was... Not not as much of a sweat as my other head to head, but uh, it was a sweat as well. So again, bet on things throughout the field keeps the race much more exciting. Like my next one that did not hit for uh, oh it did hit. You're right, I forgot. I was all looking at the wrong guy. Ross Chastain, another top five. You could put Dude, that in the. And bank. We talked we talked about it last week. How both of these next bets for, of ours could hit. And they, and they did, did. <laughs> and they did, and that's the thing. Like for me, uh, I knew Chastain, but that this was another sweat. To be honest with you, is that Chastain really just you know, oh, it was it was a, a nail biter to the end. He barely slid up into that top five at the end there. In fact, he passed Kurt Busch on the last lap for that. In fact, they didn't show it even. Like we didn't <laughs> see it happen until right. the end. The ticker said. Ross Chastain top five and I was like oh my god because there Kurt (laughs) Busch was stalking him and they were both battling it out for fifth uh but Chastain pulled it out in the end for us thank god for that that was plus 280 so that was pretty good 
Uh, and, and then, yeah, Chastain, Blaney, we talked about exactly how the order was yep. going to be. And there it was. Yep. Yeah, and then that was my next bet, the head-to-head, Blaney over Chastain. Chastain, again, just, man, he's been outperforming expectations nonstop. It's been, he's been so good this year. And, and even though we thought this would be more of a veteran track and it proved to be, he was still up there in the mix and able to squeak into that fifth place. Blaney finished fourth, so covered both those bets. A little bit of a sweat there. Uh, I was afraid when they restacked him on, on that last restart, I'm like, oh boy. Don't don't let him get around him. He can finish on the top five. That's fine, but don't pass Blaney. <laughs> it was such a sweat, boy. Oh, I was in. Uh, and then, of course, at the end, uh, you had Blaney to win. Obviously, that didn't happen. Harvick was your long shot. Harvick, I don't know. He did he did what he could, but uh, he did not have the car. Nor did Martin Truex Jr., who, when he gave his interview pre-race and said to, I think it was Jamie Little, I just don't have the speed in this car. My heart sank because he knew right then and there he did not have the speed in the car to compete, and you just saw it play out on the track all day long. Finished 22nd, could not get up into that front pack, could not find the speed in that car. So uh, it's off to (laughs) Bristol for the 19 team. Well, and again, Gibbs and Toyota, man, I just, again just way off on a track that they're usually really good at. I mean, Denny Hamlin won at Richmond last week and then he comes into this race and he just goes two laps down. He's racing back with Corey LaJoy. Like I love Corey, but that's not where Denny Hamlin should be racing at. Like that was, I mean, incredible. I loved it, but, (laughs) but it's so surprising to see. And just the way that that Gibbs has been missing so much. And it's not, I mean, even 2311 hasn't been, it seems like they've caught more bad breaks than anything. Kurt Busch, like you just said, finished sixth, so he had a pretty good night. And, and Bubba was doing really well until he had a, a pit stop by some type of penalty and had to go to the back, so he didn't finish as well. But, but yeah, Gibbs was just off again. I mean, none of those guys were really up in the mix, and you thought Truex, I mean, he was the favorite going into the weekend. I loved him, and then he just qualified bad and just could not move at all. And I just – I don't know. I – in my art, my betting article later in the week, I wrote up a Elliot versus Hamlin, and I loved that was my best bet for the article was Elliot over Hamlin, and there was no sweat at all on that because obviously Elliot led a lot of the race, and Hamlin was just so far behind, and that was another thing too that that threw a little excitement in during the race was the race at the end of the stages to where Hamlin's trying to to stay up there so he could stay on the lead lap. That could have been huge for him, where Elliot I believe was able to lap McDowell. And Hamlin was not able to get around him, not allowing him to get the lucky dog and stay on the lead lap. Then that results in him going two laps down later. And I mean, with that late caution, he could have easily been gotten a top 10 or been up in the mix more had he not missed out on that key battle within the race. So that's another thing where if you're if you're paying attention to the whole race and everything that's going on, small little things like that can make a huge impact on how on the entire result of the race and, and what goes on down the road. And that just really, I mean, that right there really sank his night because then you're going, you're not, you're not just battling up there with the leaders as a lap car. You're at the back of the line again now, and then you're getting lapped again. And then once you're two laps down on a track like that, you're hardly ever going to get a lucky dog. So yeah, especially when there just, there just wasn't the cautions for it either, but yeah, yeah, but it, it made a huge impact on the race. And that's something within the race where again, yes, he wasn't battling for the lead, but, 
impacted his race and the bets against him or for him dramatically. So again, pay attention to the whole race, folks. It makes it much, much more fun to watch, uh, especially this one coming up. And we will preview uh, what is going to be another fun week at the track uh, when we come back for stage two. But first, let's talk about win bet. Make sure you get down on the win bets. Bet $10 to win $200 promotion where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the win bet casino is offering a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins. Build your own bet custom feature there's no there's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the winbet app now or visit winnbet.com to get started offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 just in time for the nba playoffs sgpn is giving away 500 dollars in their bracket challenge completely free to enter just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash nba playoffs or hit the contest link in the sgpn app for your chance to win five hundred dollars it's a very hectic time of year right now between weddings graduations spring sports nascar usfl whatever else it is and more we are busier than ever and sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves so this season take a second to enjoy an ice cold coors light because you yeah you deserve a beer that's made to chill you ever feel like you're always on between work friends family a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on every second of every day sometimes you obviously just need a moment to turn off and hit reset that is when you reach for Coors Light it is made to chill <sighs> look at when I need to crack open a Coors Light it's just it's perfect it's perfect for you so take inspiration from when you need to chill right I'm telling you right now when you're watching a NASCAR race with a beer in your hand there is no greater feeling in the world so make that beer a Coors Light and when I need a second for myself I reach for the beer that's made to chill you get Coors Light delivered straight to your door via the Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 Supplement. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and apogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these things cost you less than $3 a day if you're investing in your health. It's totally cheaper than your cold brew habit. So AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star ratings make it easy athletic screens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com sgp again that's athleticgreens.com sgp to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance we're going to the dirt, Cody. Back to the dirt and clay of the Bristol uh, Food City Dirt Race. 
And uh, I got to tell you, last year's was about as crazy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm wondering, Cody, if this year it's going to be the same. I think it's going to be better this year, but <laughs> just at, as far as not as hectic. Like, last year was just insane. I mean, everything that possibly could go wrong basically went wrong to go into the whole weekend. And I think they learned a lot, and I think that that they've they've done a lot to make changes. And I think with this new car, I think things are going to be a lot better this year. I'm super excited for this race. I I grew up going to dirt races every weekend, uh, local short tracks. That's what I grew up with and love watching. And to see the big guys get out here and do it, I I think it's a great thing that NASCAR has done. I think it's going to be a super exciting race. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than last year. Last year was competitive. There was just, again, it was just so chaotic. But I think this one is going to be a really good race this year. Well, and that was where, so obviously that was last gen car, right? I mean, I'm wondering what this, if if any, what difference this car is going to make on the dirt. Because last year, I mean, we saw what we knew was going to happen. A lot of slipping, a lot of sliding, uh, just a lot of control issues. And, and really drivers just trying to figure out how that car is going to react on this dirt, on this clay, on on this just conditions in general. So this year, though, with all of the changes that have been made, I- I'm wondering if this car is more conducive, I suppose, to driving on dirt than the last-gen car, you know, given the wheelbase, given the type of, of body structure that it's got. Because, again, these cars are tough. We keep seeing it week in and week out. So it can take a little more leaning on, and maybe that changes the way that these guys approach this dirt race. Because back last year, you didn't want to touch at all. Like, you didn't want to lean on anybody. There was hardly any rubbing, hardly any racing like that. So maybe this year, it lends itself to a little more tight-knit racing and maybe a little more contact than we're used to. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I don't know exactly what to expect from the new car as far as what that's going to do for the track. I think, obviously, they're going to feel more comfortable beating and banging a little because of how well we've seen this car hold up, which has been incredible. But I, I think a lot of stuff uh, last year was just a disaster as far as there was like just downpours of rains for like weeks before the race. And it was soaked into the all the mud and the track. And then they were having problems treating it. And then it dried out too much and it got super dusty and you couldn't see anything. And then you got guys just wrecking like crazy because they can't see anything. And everything was just all compiled in and kind of made for a shit show basically. But uh, I think it's going to be better this year because I think they understand more how the cars are going to react to everything, even though it is a different car, still the heavy body stock car type of car is going to, to react. I think we've seen a lot of these guys getting out and doing more dirt racing than we had previously. I think Kyle Larson really started that where he's started doing all this other stuff. I think that opened up, Hendrick specifically to allowing his drivers. He didn't used to allow his drivers to do that. I mean, he had guys like Casey Kane on that team who was a great sprint car racer. Never did that stuff because he wasn't allowed to. But now they've really opened it up. William Byron's been doing a bunch of racing, and now he's the only two-time winner we have this year. So I think I think that they saw last year how – because – and I heard – I think it was Kyle Petty maybe was talking about how these guys get in these cars and they're not looking over and going – oh, that's just a go-kart or, oh, that's just a truck or, oh, that's just a late model. Like they're getting in it and okay, I'm going to go race. I'm going to go win. 
and, and they're getting in that mindset and they're competing and it helps them even up on that big level like that. So, but yeah, I think weather looks a lot better. There's not, I think there's a little chance for rain maybe tomorrow, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday looks pretty good. So hopefully knock on wood, that won't affect anything. It's going to be at nighttime. It's going to be cooler. That's going to help the moisture stay in the track. It's going to help them maybe not get so dusty. Um, I saw they just added, they're going to put mud flaps in the cars to try and help keep, if it does get muddy, to help keep the tires clean. They just announced that today. So they changed the banking. Uh, it was just like a straight, I don't remember what it's called, but it basically just what the banking went straight up. Now it's a lot more of a progressive banking. And so they're hoping that's going to open up more racing lines where you kind of had to stay towards the bottom last year. They want to be able to see guys kind of get up top and, and race up there. So I, I think that all of that stuff put in a basket together and just the learned experience from last year of how crazy everything was. I think they've done a lot more research. They kind of know what to expect and they kind of know how to be more prepared this year. Just like anything, you do something once and you're like, oh my goodness. Then when you go back the next year or the next time, it's like, okay, I kind of know what to expect. I know what to look for. And I think all of that put together is going to hopefully turn into better track conditions and, and a better race. So you touched on a couple of things that were huge last year, and that was visibility. Obviously, the, the dust <clears throat> was not, it wasn't like a, a fun uh, pig pen type of a dust where it sort of followed them around and, you know, you could still, this literally was caking on them. They couldn't see anything. The tear-offs were coming off looking like they had just been, you know, slathered with mud for hours and hours on end. And it did make for the fact that you had to stay at the bottom because you had to know that you were going to be down there. If you tried to, and then it was a little slippery up top too. So you, there was no grip. You saw cars spinning out on, when they tried to step out of line. So yeah, I mean, obviously this year it's going to be a lot more uh, uh, conducive, I think, to to actual racing. And we may actually, and nighttime, that's huge, like you said too, because now instead of the glare of the dirt also coming into play uh, with the sun, I mean, you'll get the lights, but there's nothing like the sun beating down on a dirty windshield to make you feel absolutely uncomfortable the whole way through. So, um, you know, you take a look at last year's race as far as what happened. And, and so you were talking about a lot of racing, which is actually what last season the narrative was, too, where they were talking about all the dirt track uh, people like Kyle Larson, like even Kyle Busch, um, all these folks with, with massive dirt experience. But what it ended up being at the end? Who was Joey Logano, who basically had almost zero. Who ran like one race the week before. Exactly. That was the only time he'd ever been on dirt. And he comes <laughs> and crosses the finish line first. And you had Martin Truex Jr. again, a guy with very little dirt experience, leading 126 laps of that race. Uh, Daniel Suarez getting in the mix with 58 laps led there too and finishing in fourth. Another non-dirt guy. <laughs> exactly. So all of these non-dirt guys jumped onto this and actually had themselves great days. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. with a second-place finish that day. So I'm wondering now this week, um, because I haven't heard that much of the narrative of those folks uh, coming up, but what's interesting is that Kyle Larson is the favorite again heading into this. So are we back on that? Because I haven't heard anything about that. I don't understand why Kyle Larson keeps being the favorite every week anyways, because other than the fact that he won a bunch of races last year, he's not been that great this year. He's got to win, but otherwise he's not really performed that well. So I don't fully understand that. I think it's a fan narrative, I guess, of if he's not a favorite that the books just think they're going to get slammed. But uh, 
I do think so. One more thing, just to touch on too, with the mud flap thing. I think they're hoping that that will calm down mud being thrown up from the tires because they did test. So obviously NASCAR cars have a windshield. If you go to your local dirt track, they don't have a windshield. There's just like a gate basically in front of them. And then their driver has tear offs on his helmet where he can pull it off when it gets dirty and it just flutters away or whatever. But so NASCAR has the windshield rather than that. They, and they did test Stuart Friesen did a test last week for NASCAR and they tested without a windshield but NASCAR determined they didn't have enough information and all that at safety wise, as far as, you know, if parts go flying, whatever to, to implement that for this race. Now going forward, a lot of the drivers have expressed, they would like to see it without the windshield where you have the helmet tear offs. But I think the mud flap thing will help cut down on the, maybe the windshields getting so dirty where you're not able to see. So we'll see. And there will be tear offs on the windshield. So when they pit, the crew will rip a tear off off and it'll be a clean windshield basically. So are they allowed but, to put anything on the back of those mud flaps? Can they put the, you know, like the truckers have those, <laughs> those things? <laughs> yeah, I don't think, and I did see, I don't have all the information in front of me, but I do know they're going to be allowed. And that was an issue with Larson last year was they got mud basically up in the grill and stuff, and it, it caused overheating. Then he got in the back and he got caught up in an accident. So they're allowing them to cover certain ports and things within the rules that they've set to try and reduce that. So I think that'll help. But as far as the dirt track thing, I think you've not heard the narrative of the dirt track guys this year. And last year there was like three or four guys that have never competed in NASCAR that were dirt track guys that raced in this race this year. I haven't seen any dirt track quote unquote ringers entered. And so there's not really that narrative, but I think we're going to see more of the dirt track experience come in here. I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be dominated by that, but last year it was all about Larson. It was all about bell. Those are the big, the big main guys who run dirt Stenhouse, another guy that runs a lot of dirt. Well, bell and Larson just got caught up in an incident very early in the race. And we never really got a chance to see them actually run on the track. So we don't really know what they would have done anyways. So I think, uh, I don't think you're going to see like Larson just go up and dominate this race. Like he does in everything else he jumps into. But I think that guys like that are going to be up in the mix a little more if they don't get caught up in the crap. And I mean, with a lot of these guys not having experience on dirt, you could see one guy gets turned around and it could totally take out another guy's day. So I do think it's going to be more lean towards, uh, towards the dirt guys. But again, you saw Joey Logano with basically no experience win last year. So I wouldn't definitely put all your eggs into it's going to be the dirt guys basket. Yep. I, and I agree. I, it's just, it's one of those things where these, these drivers are too good. I mean, they really are. They're, they're too good to count them out on any sort of track, especially the veterans that we've, we're starting to see kind of rise up again. Uh, but this track is the Bristol Motor Speedway. You just can't tell because it's a little dirty. Uh, but they will lap this for 250 laps. Uh, it is still the half-mile traditional track. Last year, there were only really 10 cautions. It's not too bad. Uh, and then there was only five lead changes that we talked about. There wasn't a whole lot of, of jockeying for position. I think you might see a, a different uh, thing play out uh, this year for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was Joey Logano uh, beating Stenhouse by a half a second uh, in that game. And that was a, a, a restart after a late caution that kind of set up Logano. And, and luckily for Logano, he was able to just jump out right away for a clean restart and hang on for the win. Um, but I mean, you know, again, he put himself in the right position all day long to be there and, and led the last few laps. 
um, to yeah, get Yeah, we did there. see like different guys throughout the race. Like I think it was Truex at the beginning and then it kind of Suarez. I mean, he led a ton of laps in the middle of the race. Then Logano worked his way up there. So, I mean, there was different guys up front. It wasn't just, you know, just the one guy up there the whole time. But, but yeah, like you said, not a ton of passing. Again, we're just, we don't really know what to expect going into this one again. I know we've said that a lot this year, but, but big time because it was so crazy last year and because it seemed like everything just went against them all compiled together. And I think that things are just going to be a lot better this time. And I think we're going to see what they were hoping to see last year this time. And I hope we see that. But again, who knows? Well, it's funny listen, looking at the caution log for this this race last year. Uh, on lap 42, the 10, the 7, the 38, the 77, the 78, accident on backstretch. It was never like a two-car thing. It's always like more the, uh, on lap 49, the 6, the 24, the 4, the 14, accident on the backstretch. And then the 54, the 5, the 20, the 4, the 42, the 14, the 47. And then, of course, the really big one on 154, the double zero, the 3, the 5, the 12, the 18, the 34, the 37, 48, 51, 53, accident on front stretch so i mean it was like yeah, and i think that speaks to the visibility too like you couldn't see anything so a guy wrecked and then you just slam into him because you you didn't know he was wrecked so i think that that was probably a big cause of that i don't know that we'll see that as much this year but again who knows what to expect really yeah who knows i mean th this is the fun of watching this season and if you've been following along with us uh i i know our who knows narrative is always like who knows but really ultimately we don't this is, know. and this is the last time this season that we're going to a different this is the ninth race ninth different style slash size of track this is gonna be the only dirt race of course but then next week we'll go to talladega where again, you're not going to know what happens because it's a super speedway, but we've been to a couple super speedways really, but specifically Daytona. So from here on out, we're going to have more to go off of based on the similar style tracks that we've already been on now. And we've seen how things worked. We've seen who was good, who had issues and stuff like that. So I think going forward, it's just going to get easier to kind of figure out more of what to expect at least and a hell of a start to the season too i mean it's again incredible yeah i've loved it nine the ninth different style of of race that we're going on yeah. it's just yeah like, and that's the schedule makers i mean they just nailed it with with having the brand new car and throwing all different nine different styles sizes out right away it's just a great way to do it i'm sure and we're getting the first first race on easter since 1989 yeah. which is i mean and the first scheduled race on Easter since 1970. So that's, uh, yeah, NASCAR is not, is typically not raced on Easter, changing it up a little. I like it. It's a night race too. You can still do all your Easter stuff in the morning, you know, Easter egg hunts, whatever else you're going to do, visit family, be home at night, sit down, crack a beer. It's not a super long race either. It's a shorter race because it's on the dirt. So I think it's I think that's awesome and exciting. Yep. Last year it was just shy of three hours. It was a little over two hours and forty. What was it? Uh, two hours and forty minutes. Yeah. So again, just about as long as a Snyder Cut of Justice League. So uh, crack open a nice Coors Light and enjoy the race. All right. I think it's time for us to start breaking down some bets, shall we? We'll move to stage three. Let's when do we it. Come back uh, from talking about coffee i know we're talking about beer but coffee is what gets me going in the morning if coors light does nothing uh, but keep me going at night so trade coffee is something you should look into why because 
coffee is an acquired taste for uh, just about everybody. Everyone's got their own favorite coffee that they order every single time, right? Or if you brew it at home, you've got that special mix that you like. Well, let Trade Coffee do it for you, my friends. Let Trade Coffee actually pair you with your spirit coffee because that is exactly what they do. They connect you with the freshest and best tasting coffee that you will ever make at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters, independent businesses from big cities and small towns, and you as a trade customer customer are truly impactful for these independent roasters. So not only are you drinking good coffee, but you're helping great people. Uh, and all these coffees are expert tasted. Uh, the coffee comes actually with taste tests, thousands of coffees. They keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. And more importantly, you get a first match guarantee. Trade is literally as confident as they can be that they'll get you matched with your perfect coffee the first time that if they don't, not only will they take your feedback and an actual coffee expert is going to work with you, a coffee expert is going to work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. You cannot beat that kind of service, especially if you don't like the coffee, you get what you want from Trade Coffee. It sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses. And the truth is, look, what I like and what you like could be totally different. You want a selection of specific coffees that are different from anyone else, just like I do. So go to the Trade Coffee site, answer a couple of questions. You're going to get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. Absolutely no gimmick and right now trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than 750,000 positive reviews you can't go wrong with that so right now trade coffee is offering subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping all you got to do go to trade drinktrade.com slash sgp that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash sgp let trade find you a coffee you are going to love that's drinktrade.com slash sgp for 30 dollars off the horses that run the track probably don't need coffee like you do, uh, but you will if you're going to gamble on them because there's never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport, which I'm assuming a lot of you guys will be. Go check out Stable Duel. It's a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Go pick your horses, build your stables, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. You can win as much as $40,000 with just one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly. It tracks all over the United States. So get in the app, create your account, start building your stables today. Go invite your friends to play against you, or if you want, you can play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Go download it now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. As always, we're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NBA playoffs are set, and PropSwap is where bettors find the best odds and turn the hardwood into hard cash. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite team and then sell your bets whenever you want. Many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling championship futures all playoffs long. This will allow you to win over and over and over again without your team even lifting 
the trophy. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value. You get a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. You get a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash. And more importantly, a first deposit cash match when you use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to match your deposit up to five. $100. So go join the real sports bettors right now on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Food City Dirt Race, Bristol track. Short track full of dirt goodness for us waiting on Easter Sunday. Uh, too much fun, in my opinion, to be had on this one. And it's time now, Cody, to to, to get the people some money. We've We've cashed some tickets lately, and I feel like we need to continue to do so. Agreed. Let's do it. I'm ready. Get in the Slack channel too, by the way. We, we always push that every week, but get in that Slack channel. Uh, find yourself a home amongst us DJs because all we do is lay down bets to take and, uh, and agonize over all the sweats that we're, uh, we're pulling week in and week out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to be in there just chatting during the races and even around the races and stuff and, and who's, oh, I'm, I'm kind of liking this guy. Why, why should I or why should I not? Or I've got this bet. I'm sweating out. And yeah, it's fun. It's fun little community. Yes, it is. All right. So uh, we're going to start with your first bet. And uh, we're going we're going to the truck race because they're racing on dirt too uh, this week. And if, if last week was any sort of uh, precursor to what we're going to expect, they're, they're going to have a lot of fun slipping and sliding out there on the dirt. So uh, Cody, set us up with your, your first bet of the, of the weekend. So yeah, trucks, uh, no Xfinity this week. Those guys get a week off. So trucks move up to Saturday night into prime time there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of cup guys kind of racing up or down in this series. You got Joey Logano, you got Chase Elliott, you got Austin Dillon. Um, so yeah, we got a few, a few more guys than we normally see at least. Uh, Logano and Elliott are the, are the favorites, uh, followed by Friesen, who's a noted dirt track guy in the truck series regular but uh austin Dillon is down at plus 1800 so i'm gonna throw a little on him to win uh i mean he's a cup series guy so that gives him a slight advantage coming down into the truck series uh he won in 2013 in the truck series rate dirt track race at eldora um so he's won on dirt before in a truck so he, he kind of knows what he's doing there uh He's been doing pretty decent in the in the Cup Series this season. He's had some good runs. He had a great run last weekend at Martinsville. Uh, if that race was was 500 miles instead of 400, or 500 laps instead of 400, he could have been up there in the mix at the end, really to win that. So, uh, I mean, uh, I'm gonna kind of play this weekend like it's a super speedway and and go a little lighter on things. Go for some more long shot stuff, which you'll kind of see a lot of my stuff is this week is gonna be higher longer shot odds just to try and to hit something because we don't really know what to expect and we, and we don't really know. So yeah, you got a cup guy that's plus 1800 down in the truck series. So I'm going to throw a little on that and, uh, and ride with Austin Dillon. We've seen this year, the truck series favorites, not always winning. Doesn't mean they're always a bad bet, but, uh, it's, it's possible that one of these other guys can win. So my wife discovered a show the other day on Netflix with uh, Kevin James, and it's a NASCAR show. And uh, yeah, he plays. Have you you know what I'm talking about? I've seen it. Oh yeah, it's great. I love. I wish 
I think they canceled it after the one season, yeah. but it's hilarious. And when they bring the drivers in and they're, it's pretty funny. I love it. I love Kevin James, but well, Austin, I thought it was a really great show. Yeah, Austin Dillon was one of the first ones that they brought in. It was Austin Dillon and yep. Blaney, and they yep. joked about Blaney putting Dillon on his shoulders to be 5'8 or something like that. that yeah, was, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, funny. I loved it. That, yeah, that show was great. Uh, I mean, it cracked me up because I was like, there's Austin Dillon standing there talking about, you know, I, I'm 5'8. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah it's, it's crazy how little some of these guys are. Like him and his teammate, Reddick, mm-hmm. he's like 5'6. I think he's even shorter. He's a real tiny guy. <laughs> Just goes to show that I could race a car if I really exactly. wanted to. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look, Cody, I'm going to take one of those favorites. All right. Uh, I- I'm going to take Joey Logano. He's plus 500 right now to win this truck race. And I mean, really, the the only I guess handicapping that I can do on this one is the fact that he won in the in the truck or in the Cup race last year on dirt. Uh, he also has a short track win, if you want to call it that, in the Bush Clash. This we've talked about that before. How he won the Bush Clash in that short quarter mile track over there in the new car, but uh, it just feels like Logano has sort of a feel of this thing already and i think uh he did such a good job i mean he may not have led the last the most laps last year but i I just feel like he had a better feel of the track than a lot of the other drivers did which is why he ended up winning in the end and you know it depends on obviously where he starts and how much trouble he gets in but if if he can get his truck up front um and i don't really know I, i mean i'm not sure how many truck races logano has really ever run up until now but you know, yeah, I can't think of many that he's really been in. So, but again, we saw with Ryan Priest last year, it was the very first ever start he won. So, and, and I think, and actually, I heard Logano comment on someone was interviewing him about, about the dirt race and how did he think he won and stuff. And he was talking about once you get to the Cup Series level, you're such a skilled, accomplished driver that you can literally be put in anything. And once you feel it out and learn it enough, you can do something in it. And that was basically, he felt it out and learned it in the first half of that race, then was able to work his way up to the front and go from there. But again, these are some of the best drivers in the world at the top of their game. So you put them in anything, they're going to have a chance. He proved that he could win here already, doing it in the Cup Series last year unexpectedly. Yes, he's the favorite, but it's not minus 125 like when Kyle Busch is in the Truck Series. It's plus 500, so you're still getting great odds. There's a good chance him, Elliot, Dylan, they're all going to be up there mix, mixing in for this, and he's a favorite for a reason. And so, yeah, I, again, I don't think it's a bad bet at all. I'm probably going to take some on him and some on, on Dylan to win this. Well, and so that's what I'm saying. You could throw a quarter unit on Logano, a quarter unit on Austin, and, and you know, really, again, if Austin hits, then you're you're solid. Right, you've exactly. made up. You've made up yep. that quarter unit that you put on Logano, and then some. So, exactly. Yep. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, spread love the it. love around. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's move on to your next bet. Where we're now, we'll move to the cup. We'll we'll go ahead and we'll give the trucks their due. We always do, uh, or the Xfinity, and we'll move on to the Cup Series. Uh, you've got our buddy, our good friend, who continues to come through for us week in and week out, Ross Chastain. With a top three... Fi- oh, wait. I am just stole your thunder. Set it up, Cody. <laughs> oh, it's fine. You already spoiled it. No. Ross Chastain, top three. It's plus a 1,000. Okay. I don't really know that he's a dirt track guy at all. But I'm just 
fully loading into he's been there every week this year. Again, last week, finished fifth. He was up in the mix on a track where if you look at it and how it should have been a veterans and stuff, he shouldn't have really probably been up there. He's figured it out. His teammate, Daniel Suarez, led about half of this race last year. So Trackhouse already did decent here. He got caught up in something early and finished. Uh, I don't remember where he finished last year, but he didn't finish well, but he, he got caught up in something. We didn't really get to see what he had. Plus he was on a different team, quote unquote ish kind of, but, <laughs> but uh, I mean, just the way that he's been running this season, I think you're getting great value at plus a thousand. That's 10 to one. And he doesn't even have to win. He just has to get in the top three. I think he can put himself in a position to be there at the end, be in the mix like he has all season. We've seen it on road courses. We've seen it on short tracks, seen it on bigger tracks. He's one of those guys. He's figured out this new car, which I think is huge, and how to handle it. He's proven he can do it on different surfaces. Why not the dirt track? A top three plus a 1,000 for somebody that's been up there so much this year. He had, what, four races in a row he finished on the top three before the last two weeks here. And then again, this last week, he finished sixth. So he's up there. Great value. Again, kind of throwing out at some of these longer shots. You hit one, and you're going to cover all the rest of your bets anyways. And 10 to 1 is just obscene for yeah, a guy I, that's I, been running that. Man, I, I actually I looked around because I was like, God, did they just have this mispriced that much? And he's he's that, where, that way everywhere. So, I mean, I, I, I'm I, good with I, that. I don't know why they're sleeping on him so much, but I'll take it. I love it. So, yeah, he got caught up in that uh, that caution on, on lap 54 that took out, you know, four or five cars and uh, limped his way. He didn't even get to finish, uh, but he finished right. 35th in that race in a Ganassi Chevy. So, yeah, I mean, it's a yeah, different just, story. I mean, and again, I, I don't really know how much you're going to be able to take from last year's race anyways into this year's, but we didn't really get to see what he could do. And just the fact that he's done it everywhere so far this year. I, you know, if he can stay clean and out of trouble, I think he can be at least in the mix and give you something to sweat out in case it's a boring race. Yeah. Which I don't think it's going to be, which I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. This I don't week, anticipate but, it. You know, we'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. I am going to move over to my next bet and I've got Daniel Suarez, dark horse, top five at plus two fifty. He finished fourth in this race last week or last year. Uh, hard to hard to determine whether or not that's going to, again, translate to success for it now. But, see, you talked about it before with Chastain. Like, Trackhouse has been there, right? I mean, Trackhouse has, has circled the wagons in a few of these races, and it just feels like at some point they're going to punch through for something. And, and Suarez has not been terrible this season. He had a fourth-place finish in Atlanta. He had a fourth-place in California. He had a ninth-place finish in Phoenix. But it's just... Something keeps happening to him that takes him out of it, right? Second place in Austin, even. So Daniel Suarez has been around, and I feel like he's going to come back to this dirt race. He had some success in it last year. Uh, maybe he'll able to be able to put the two together, you know, the, the success that he had last year with the intermittent success that he's had so far this season, and at least, at the very least, put it together. We're not asking him to win the race. We just, we just want him to finish inside the top five, which he did last year uh, to do this, and which he's done a few times already this season. So it's not this is not out of the realm of possibility, uh, and it's actually a little shorter odds than, than I would expect for a guy like Suarez who's had off and on success at plus 250. But still, you know, at plus 250, a top five, not, not bad. Not bad odds for this. 
Yeah, I like it. I mean, again, we saw it last year where he was able to to do well. He was leading for a long time. I thought for a while, I thought we were going to see him get his first victory, which I cannot wait for that day because I love that guy. He's so much fun. I love when he's up in the booth uh, calling the Xfinity's races and stuff. He, he's just an awesome guy. He's due soon. I think he's got a little bit of a fire lit under him because he was Trackhouse's first driver. It's his second year. Chastain comes in and steals the first victory for the team for him, you know, and I think while he's happy for the team, I think he wants that victory now. And I think he's going to be pushing for it. Did well here last year. He's been performing well. Like we just said, Trackhouse has something figured out. Chevy seems to be more figured out as a manufacturer than anyone else. And so I think he definitely could be up in the mix. I wouldn't be surprised to see him battling for a win, which makes the top five easy. That'd be fun. I, I'd enjoy that. I mean, it ruined the rest of my bets, but uh, I'll still take it. Uh, all right. Speaking of the rest of the bets, uh, Cody, why don't we load up your next one? Okay. Next up, I got top Toyota, Kurt Busch, at plus 1,200. Again, I don't really understand this one. He, he's had more top finishes of the Toyota teams than anyone all season. He... He's been the top Toyota in three of the last five races, and out of the eight this year, in four of them, he's he's been the top finishing Toyota. So at plus twelve hundred, again, there's just so much value there. We just talked about all the issues Gibbs has been having. We saw him have issues earlier this season with the dust at was that at Las Vegas. Uh, so now you're going to put him on a dirt track. Uh, who knows what to expect there? Uh, I just feel like of all the Toyotas, he's definitely been the most consistent. He's a veteran driver. Again, we talked about that with Joey Logano, a veteran driver who knows what he's doing, knows how to handle new cars, different cars, different teams, all of that stuff. He's already proven in half of the races this year he can be the top Toyota. I don't really expect him to necessarily be going up for the win, but just to be able to beat the other five Toyotas out there, I don't think that's a tall order at all. Kyle Busch has mentioned how much he absolutely fucking hates this place. And, and, you know, Denny Hamlin, I think, had a pretty decent finish last year, but the way he's been so up and down, and I'm still not sold on him. Christopher Bell's a dirt track guy, so we'll see. Like we said, he got caught up in it last year. So who knows? Bubba Wallace, I don't remember what he did last year, but not really a dirt track guy either. So I think Kerr Bush can use his, his veteran ability and experience to be able to keep himself clean and be up, be up, in the in the top five top 10 at the end and easily be the top finishing toyota and a 12 to 1 again great odds i think yeah bubba wallace a uh, couple of laps down in that race finished 27th uh and you really again you can't take away what kurt bush did last year because he was in the one uh with ganassi and and yeah didn't necessarily do uh he finished on the lead lap but in 16th place so yeah i mean yeah, which i mean not not a great finish, but again, survived all the chaos and was able to do decent. And I think he's in a better car now than he was then. I think he's got this car figured out more than a lot of these other guys. So you, you mix all that with a decent enough finish last year. And it, I think it could be enough of a formula to put him above the other Toyotas. And again, you could finish 16th if all the Toyotas finished behind you. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't even have to finish that great as long as you just beat those. And that's the thing with Toyota. So much easier. Chevy and Ford, that's three quarters of the field. 
Toyota's only got the six cars, so you only have to beat the other five guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. They could all wreck out, and and you could uh, find yourself on the. Now, I entertained a Kurt Busch bet too, but I, I decided against it. I, I just I think he's good, uh, but I, I'm glad you covered that because I would have done it. Um, all right. Speaking of of this, now this is another bet that could hit even if uh, Kurt Busch is the top Toyota, and that's Christopher Bell over Kyle Larson. I know Kyle Larson is the favorite, and there's a lot of people gasping at this one. Uh, but we did. We talked about the the fact that Bell is somewhat of a dirt track person. That that was the narrative going into last year. Uh, but I, we're getting this at plus one hundred. So anytime I can take anybody over Larson at plus money right now. I'm going to grab that because we've documented how, yes, Kyle Larson has a win, but this is not your your uh, one-year-younger brother's uh, Kyle Larson. This is a, a guy that is struggling this year to really keep anything consistently moving for him. And just you see it play out on the track week in and week out. Didn't do all that great last week in Martinsville when he was expected to as well. Uh, he was probably one of the only, in fact, he was really the only <laughs> Hendrick driver uh, outside of Bowman that, that just had nothing going for him. Uh, you know, it was Elliott and Byron, but Bowman didn't lead any laps, and then Kyle Larson obviously just didn't do anything yesterday or last week either. So I just don't see him improving, to be honest with you. He had the win, sure, uh, you can say that, but I, he just hasn't shown week in and week out that he's the same driver he was last year and not to say that he's a bad driver but he's just not proving it this this season so far uh with any sort of consistency so i'm gonna take christopher bell who actually did perform uh quite well last year in this race for a while but uh i think he got caught up in a bad a bad way yeah, too. i think him and larson actually got caught up in the same incident yeah too. yeah that so. kind of took both of them out but but yeah uh, again like I said, we haven't really seen it from Larson this year. So if you're getting plus odds to go against him, if that's just the books being scared, they're going to get hammered. If they don't make him a favorite, then don't be afraid to be different and go against that because that's that's why the house always wins. You know, they know what they're doing. So, you know, they, they're playing that game. You just play the opposite game and you can cover it. Again, if you're taking the sort of super speedway mentality of this, Plus matchups are always good on those because of the chaos that can ensue. You know, one little accident and he's done, and then the other guy beats him. Bell is a very good dirt track racer. That's what he grew up in, how he came up through the series uh, and worked his way into NASCAR. So, again, I think that they're they're equal. Well, maybe not quite equal on dirt because Larson is probably the best dirt racer in the world right now. But, uh, but Bell is right there with him. And that's good enough to, and again, just the way that Larson has not performed this this year. And Bell has been, even though Toyota and Gibbs have been down, Bell seems to be one of the more consistent of the Gibbs guys. Not necessarily always up mixing it for their lead, but consistently in the top 10 in that. So, I again, I'd, at plus odds again, a lot of plus odds stuff this, this week. I think that's the way to go. So uh, here's another one. I like it. Yep, plus odds because everybody's guessing, even the books. They, they're conceding defeat too at this where they're like ah we don't know we're gonna just give you plus money for all of this uh we won't juice it too high all right time to pick our winners cody you've got a couple of fun ones i, I like yours i'm glad that you you went this direction so go ahead and lay out your winners for us i like these so uh i didn't go real short odds on anyone uh, again i think it could just be such a toss up that you might as well take some longer odds guys again back towards 
more the plate racing style of betting. So uh, went with Tyler Reddick uh, as the first one. He's at plus 1,600. So uh, he finished seventh here last year. So, again, decent run from him. With, uh, a nice solid run. He's another one of these guys that seems to have really figured out this new car. So if you put what he did last year with the new car, then uh, I, I think he can do really well. And, and then he is a dirt track guy too. He's got the dirt track experience, a lot of dirt late models over the years, stuff like that. So you mix all those together. Again, just kind of taking some little bit longer shot stabs out here. He's one that I think can be up in the hunt and again, be there at the end. He's got the dirt track experience. He's figured out the new car. He's been fast this year. He's in a Chevy. Again, Chevys have been the best. So I like all of it. And then for my longer, longer shot, I went with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at uh, plus 2,500. He finished second place here last year. So, I mean, <laughs> that alone speaks to it. He's probably the next most experienced dirt track guy on top of that. Now, dirt sprint cars are a lot different than a super heavy <laughs> NASCAR next gen stock car, but again, second place last year proved he can run with them. I think had that race been a little longer last year, he might've caught Joey Logano at the end there. So 25 to one great positive odds. He's got the experience. He's an experienced cup driver. He's been in the series a long time. Now he's been able to figure out adjustments to this stuff. He's in a Chevy also. And with that dirt experience on top of it, I, I love those odds. I love the eight car. I really do. I, I wish that he could just punch through. I really do. It's it's a well, weird he's thing. So, he's so close. He's one yeah. of those guys, and we've seen it so many times with these guys over the year years. We saw it with Chase Elliott not that long ago. Casey Kane back in the day. Where they get so close, they get so close, they get so close. And then once they win, it's like the floodgates just unleash and they start ripping them off. And I think he's gonna be one of those guys. We talked about before the season, you know, his wins is at half a win for the season. I think he's going to hit that easily, if not get a couple. He's been in situations, Phoenix, where he was close at the end there. He could have won a couple other races. He's been in the mix. He's had good cars. Back at the Clash at the Coliseum, he was the best car to open the race until he had mechanical issues. So, Yep. I mean, again, Casey Kane and Elliott, both nine cars. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, they got the eight car. So, yeah, close enough. Uh, all right. I am going to go back to the well because, look, man, I feel like – I don't know what happened, and and I know that stuff happens every week and even every day. And you just sometimes wake up and you just don't feel your best, or something feels off, right? And and that's why you need taste coffee to to personally match coffee for you, so you don't go out and have a day like Martin Truex last week, where he just did not have the speed in his car. But damn it all, if tonight or if this weekend, this Easter or Sunday on the dirt, if he doesn't find that speed. And, and go back to the winner's circle again. Uh, I've got him winning at plus 1,400. Crazy odds for Truex, uh, just given the fact that I have a feeling he's going to be a, a contender this week. He's going to have it figured out. He's going to, to really tune in what he's got going on because last year he led 126 laps at this race. And were it not for the fact that Joey actually ran him down uh, or no, I'm sorry, Suarez ran Truex down is what happened. Suarez actually came really uh, climbing in and, and, and passed him for the lead, and he just never was able to get it back. Uh, but, but I think they're going to have it dialed in this week because they got a lot of experience on dirt last year. And Martin, 
even admittedly so, had very little dirt experience going into uh, that race, but he still managed to find a lot of speed. And I don't know if much translates from that car to this car, but maybe they can go back and watch the film and see where he hit his marks and see how, how well he did. And uh, maybe the night, maybe the mud flaps, maybe all that stuff can can have Daniel Suarez not track him down uh, for, for the lead later on. And, and Truex can end up winning this one and, and bringing home a, a plus 1400 bet for me. So I just gave my spiel about not trusting Gibbs Toyotas. But if we look past that, <laughs> amazing odds for Martin Truex Jr. 14 to 1. He won the truck race here last year, too. Don't forget that. So he's proven that he can, you know, he, lead, he wins the truck race coming out of nobody saw that coming. He won that, dominated that, won it, and then led all those laps in the cup race. He obviously, he's figured the place out somewhat. He's a short track guy. He's done well. Uh, I mean, 14 to 1 on a guy like that, not odds you're going to see very often from him. Maybe that's them leaning into the Gibbs has been sucking angle that I've been leaning into. But again, if we're kind of just taking stabs because we don't really know what to expect, that's amazing odds you're not going to see very often from a guy as talented as Martin Truex Jr. Yep, I will certainly stab into that 19 car for a chunk. I mean, he ended up 19th, uh, but again, really that was more to do with how the end of that race sort of played out versus and and he I just feel like once he got past it it was almost over for him. I don't know if it was he lost the the line, if he lost it made a bad adjustment or whatever, but And that's that's where results can be deceiving sometimes too because even if you look last week at, at the cup race and you're like, "Oh, Chase Elliott finished 10th or 11th or whatever it was." Like he had a really good car for the whole entire first half of that race and then just between well, once he got past the lead, he kind of wasn't as good. And then he was still in fourth. And then for whatever dumb reason, I don't understand his crew chief sometimes seems to make grant. They've won a championship together. They seem to know what they're doing, but some of his calls, I'm just like, why are you pitting here? And then he never came back anywhere close to there. So, but if you just look at the results, eh. but if you go back and actually look at the race, he had a very fast, very good car. So yeah, I mean, Martin tricks didn't finish that well, but again, he had a good car early in the race. He dominated a portion of it, looked good in the trucks. So, again, outstanding odds, and I love it. Almost half of it, to be honest with you. So, it's yeah. a lot of, yeah. I mean, just, just one bad adjustment can take you out of it. All right, get your pen and paper out. We're going to go over the bets one more time. Fill out your cards. Uh, first, we start with uh, Cody, who's in the truck race. He's got Austin Dillon to win that race at plus 1,800, where I have Joey Logano to win the truck race on uh, prime time at plus 500. Cody has our boy Ross Chastain as a top three finisher at plus 1,000. I've got Suarez inside the top five at plus 250. Uh, I've, we've picked the top five again. If you if you read through this, we've picked the top five <laughs> yep. once more. Uh, read between the lines. Uh, all right, Cody moves on with the top Toyota being Kurt Busch at plus 1,200. Uh, I have got Chris, uh, Christopher Bell over Kyle Larson at plus 100. And then, of course, Cody wraps it up with his winner picks uh, as Reddick at plus 1600 and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at plus 2500. Where I have uh, Martin Truex to win this race, our fine folks at WinBet have them listed at plus 1400 to win that race. Lots of action, lots of fun, lots of dirt 
happening on Easter Sunday. I wonder if there'll be any Easter eggs hidden in the uh, in the track. What do you think? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, they'll go hunting for Easter eggs uh, right around that track. So, uh, I, I just another weekend of exciting NASCAR racing, and we hope that you've enjoyed uh, the first what eight weeks now, and as we head into the ninth. So, I, I'm telling you right now, the fun has begun, and now once we kick into the the after Talladega, it just feels like after the first third of the season has been so much fun. Now Talladega, we get to kind of breathe a little bit because we're seeing our second speedway, uh, super speedway rather, and uh, and then from there it's just you know a lot of mile and a halfs and and a couple of short tracks and a couple of road tracks uh, to come. So yeah, too much fun, Cody. Too much fun. That's right. I'm super excited. I, I think it's going to be great racing this weekend. Like I said, I grew up watching dirt races. I love watching dirt races. So I can't wait to see the big boys do it, and I think it's going to be a hell of a show. Fun under the lights. Again, enjoy your Easter, but come home. Crack open a nice Coors Light, sit in front of that TV, and watch cars go around in circles. Uh, Cody, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and your hard work on the internet? Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeeb. Uh, I'll have DFS article probably coming out tomorrow or Friday. And, uh, yeah, all, lots of stuff there. And then uh, the show has our, our Twitter page, at uh what is it that game nascar gambling i think i should probably know that huh <laughs> you do yes. it's just late at, at nascar gambling <laughs> so follow the show there and then yeah if you can uh rate and review on on itunes spotify wherever you listen do it on both help us uh keep spreading the good word numbers have been looking good and uh we appreciate all you guys listening and and following along so yeah tell a friend to leave a review and help us out Absolutely. Looking real good too, by the way, guys, you are, you're making us rise up in the SGPN and be noticed. Uh, NASCAR is a sport that people love to watch and people love to gamble on. And uh, we hope you continue to do both while listening to us and help you pocket a little bit of extra cash over the year. Maybe enough to where, you know, the tax man has to come for you because you've won so much by listening to us. Find that's, me. that's the only time you're excited to pay taxes, right? Exactly. Because you, you, <laughs> you won so much that you have to. Because <laughs> you hit a lot of plus money bets thanks to the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Uh, everybody, you can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Again, subscribe to this on the SGPN app or wherever you get your podcast. Please go ahead, leave that review. We don't necessarily like to beg for it, but it's always nice to hear what you guys think of the show and how we can bring you uh, better content uh, I don't know how you can get it better, man. We're already good enough. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. How can we do you better? That's what we want to know. So, anyways, Saturday starts the truck. Sunday, we have dirt racing. Enjoy it with us. Join that Slack channel. Until next time, everybody, let's go racing and let it ride. <laughs>